It's more than just talking cards. It's a collection conversation with the pros. This is Off Center with Tony Reed. Hey, we're back for another episode of Off Center with Tony Reed. Episode 17, another Hall of Fame episode. Co-host Chad Evans, of course. Yeah, it's great to be here. It should be great to be here. This is your place. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, no, this isn't the first time we've done it here. No. No, we're we're upstairs producing the podcast. Now we're down in the brand new booth. That's right. The brand new booth. We spent two hours talking about business. We did. But that's exciting. That's very exciting. I love it. <laughs> Proceed. So, uh, the interview uh, today, Fergie Jenkins actually uh, appeared in Sports Collector's Digest in the August 1st issue. Honored to have such a, a platform for, for the work. So it was really cool to see that. Fergie Jenkins, multi-sport athlete growing up. His first love was hockey, actually. Competed in track and field basketball and eventually baseball, of course. Signed by the Phillies in 62. Your Phils. Yeah, those Let fightings. him go. Yeah. They let the Hall of Famer go. Now, he made his major league debut as a relief pitcher, actually, in 65. Uh, following season, he was traded from the Phillies to the Cubbies. Quickly became one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Uh, honestly, his career and accomplishments are are almost endless. Um, three-time All-Star, 1971 Cy Young MVP, Cy Young Award winner, excuse me. Uh, nearly unbelievable streak of six consecutive 21 seasons. Six consecutive, 67 to 72, 284 wins, the most by an African American pitcher in baseball history. Member of the 3,000 Strikeout Club, Canadian Baseball Hall of Famer, Texas Rangers Hall of Famer. And in 91, he took the ultimate honor of becoming the first Canadian-born Major League Baseball Hall of Famer in Cooperstown. So, uh, yeah, uh, we have a, a really cool interview with Fergie here, um, talking about his unique relationship with fans, some really cool fan stories he shared, the pride he takes in his signature, and, of course, his classic 1966 Tops rookie card. Well, let's get right to it. Here it is. Fergie Jenkins. Uh, so the obvious place to start, obviously you've been a high-level athlete for a long, long time. You've signed your autograph countless times over the years for fans. Do you remember the very first time you were asked for your autograph? And if so, could you share the story with us? Probably uh, on an extensive basis. Uh, my first year with the Cubs. Yeah. 1966. Do you remember what it, what it, was it just uh, like a, 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 just an ongoing <laughs> thing or do, do you remember the first well, few times that you were asked? Well, I did some autographs, you know, outside the ballpark because we used to walk in from the parking lot uh, across the street to, to go to the park. I signed for youngsters, but my extensive autograph is when I started uh, pitching really good in, in the bullpen uh, in 66 and I got a contract with McDonald's to sign something like uh, two hours, uh, two or three hundred autographs. Oh, wow. Very cool. Very cool stuff. Is there a, a particular fan or memorable interaction you had at some point over your career, maybe even post-career as you, you, know, you make the rounds and tour and, and meet people? Is there, is there one fan that maybe sticks out for whatever reason? Well, there was a young man. He just passed away uh, from pan- pancreatic cancer. Uh, Billy Coyle in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, he was a big Phil Reagan fan at the time with the Dodgers. Yeah. And uh, I pitched against the Dodgers. I think I beat Drysdale that night in uh, in in L.A. And he got a hold of me somehow. 
I lived in L.A. when I was staying there in L.A. And we became pretty good friends. At the time, he was like nine or ten years old. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, when he passed away, he was in his 40s. Oh, wow. I mean, that has to be a dream come true for, like you said, a youngster to to be able to strike up a a friendship or a kinship with, you know, one of the greatest pitchers of his era of all time. I mean, that had to be a a dream for him, I would imagine. Well, yeah, we we, we became pretty good friends, friends of the family. Uh, The Coyle family, they still live outside of Pittsburgh, all about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, He had a a younger brother that ended up uh, going to the armed forces. But uh, Billy uh, never got married. Lived with his family for years, and he just became a, a collector of, of memorabilia from the, from the Pirates, uh, also uh, from the uh, football team, the uh, Steelers. Steelers, sure, and the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> Those are three teams that travel really well. I mean, you'll find Pittsburgh Steelers restaurants and bars around the country. Obviously, there's you know massive amounts of Chicago Cubs fans and and Pirates as well. I mean, can you just speak to that? I mean, you, you obviously played for for the well, you played got drafted by the Phillies, played for Chicago, Texas, and Boston. Those are some really really rabid, interested fan bases. Can you just maybe speak to which fan base you maybe prefer to perform of in front of best? Is, was there a certain fan base that kind of embraced you and you embraced them more than the others you played for? Well, probably pitching at Wrigley Field, uh, my whole career was day baseball. Yeah. So we had to be at the park at, at 9 o'clock every morning uh, when we had home stands and uh, dressing on the field by by 9.20, 9.30, uh, shagging, fly balls, batting practice, that type thing. And the games are over at maybe 3 o'clock. Uh, the games would start sometimes at 1 o'clock. And if I pitched, games were over in an hour and a half. <laughs> That's so, true. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Pretty quick. I pitched a lot of quick games. <laughs> I didn't do three, four-hour games when I pitched. <laughs> so uh, I had a chance to uh, probably exchange a lot of different uh, conversations with fans outside the ballpark or maybe even in the stands uh, prior to me uh, between starts. Yeah, very cool stuff. And uh, as a young athlete, you know, growing up in Canada, what, what players inspired you? I know you played sports other than baseball as well, but were there certain athletes that you looked to for inspiration as, as you were coming up? Well, I was a hockey player yeah. first. First of all, I got noticed playing hockey first. Uh, Gene DeGiro, who was a scout that eventually signed me with Tony Lucadello with the Phillies, I uh, was noticed first as a hockey player, hockey, basketball, baseball. Baseball was my third sport. <laughs> I played basketball all through high school and uh, in a semi-pro league. But uh, I just think that uh, well, in Montreal, being that they were really a popular organization, and won a lot of Stanley Cups. Doug Harvey was a defenseman, and that's the position I played uh, when I played hockey. Yeah, interesting stuff. And you mentioned the other sports. I know uh, you also played for the for the Globetrotters in the off season as as you were a pro. What memories yep. do you fond memories do you have from from playing with the the Harlem Globetrotters? Well, you know, I had a chance to play with the Metal Arc Lemon and Curly Neal, awesome. Jackie Jackson, Mel Davis. Leon Hilliard, Joe Hall, all these guys that were Globetrotters back in, in the 50s and 60s and 70s that were, I mean, the Globetrotters. These guys were real Globetrotters. Yeah. I mean, they travel on the bus, Globetrotter bus, 
and we were in a different city almost every other night. And we played uh, double hitters sometimes in you know a, a real popular place, Madison Square Garden uh, in Detroit, uh, the old Olympia, uh, the Checker Dome, and in St. Louis, Cow Palace. You know, you name the places that were super popular. Yeah. The Globetrotters played there, and I did it for almost three seasons. Incredible, incredible stuff. I know, I know. I asked you about fan interactions, but maybe the most interactive sports franchise would be the Globetrotters. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, what a popular team. I mean, whenever you put that Globetrotter uniform on, the people just cater to you. I mean, it was and when the bus traveled and got to a city in the afternoon, you're like the Pied Piper. People were following the bus to the hotel where we stayed. That's great. Very cool stuff. So, uh, obviously, you know, speaking of cards specifically, your rookie card, classic 1966 Topps rookie card, you shared it with Bill Sorrell. Do you remember the very first time you saw yourself on a trading card, whether it be that rookie card or another card? Wow. Jeez. That probably is the first card when they printed that of me with the Phillies. Yeah. The rookie card. Uh, they took the picture in, in 1965 in Shea Stadium, but they didn't print it till '66 huh. with Billy Sorrell. And Billy Sorrell and I, well, we were teammates uh, three times. Uh, I think wow. uh, Chattanooga and Little Rock twice. Wow. Uh, he, he 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 died a few years ago. I'm not sure what from, but uh, he's no longer with us. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. Did you, speaking of, I know I've talked to a number of athletes and the companies would kind of send you cards. Did you get massive piles of cards sent to you over the years and even in retirement of all the cards that have been printed of you? Well, yeah, yeah. I think uh, as a Chicago Cub and the Cubs are really popular, we get fan mail quite a bit of that in Texas, also in Boston. I mean, it was just a popular thing to, to have youngsters write to to the player and they sent him to the ballpark. Uh, on my retirement, I have not sent basically to a post appeal box. Yeah. Now, but uh, I mean, it, it's 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 interesting to what kids want to have signed. Sometimes <laughs> a rookie card, sometimes my Cy Young card, my comeback player of the year card with the Rangers. Uh, uh, baseballs I get from time to time. Every so often, a jersey or a bat that'll be in the mail. And that's, uh, to me, it's really interesting to, to have a following of youngsters. Sometimes, well, most of them are a lot of collectors, too. Yeah. But most of you get some kids that, uh, you know, and you can see by their handwriting, they're 10, 12, 13 years old, <laughs> and they they become a baseball fan. They've probably never seen me play, but their father or their mother, brother, whatever, has got them to, to write a letter to me. And they got a baseball card of maybe one of the years I played with the Cubs or one of the years with some of the other teams. Yeah, that's really cool. And I know with the pandemic and and the the seriousness of what's going on in the world right now, uh, from an insider in the industry, I know that's that's spiked too. A lot of a lot of former athletes are getting a, a spike in fan mail because people are home, people are watching old games, people are kind of reminiscing, and there's been more people collecting cards. Have you seen an uptick in fan mail recently over the past few months or so? Uh, not not really. I get a, I get a couple a week from youngsters. That's about it. Yeah, and I know I know I don't, we. I don't, I don't get a lot. I don't get that that many. 
Uh, maybe in a week, maybe six or seven cards uh, of different uh, years, eras that I played. That type thing. Yeah, and I know you mentioned we we kind of emailed back and forth. I know you, you like you said you have them sent to a PO box, and like you know major, the majority of, of athletes, you're you're you know you're asking for a donation in order to to make that process happen. Is that correct? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, there's a especially as a Hall of Fame. You know, I, really it started. Interesting story. I'm sitting on the deck of the Otisaga Hotel, and Whitey Ford. And Yogi Bear are there. <laughs> Name dropper. Yeah, and absolutely. All of, a sudden, all of a sudden, Yogi talks about, you know, I, I, I got my uh, I got my so-and-so Yankee card of the World Series, and I think I'm shortchanging myself. I'm only charging $100, like that, he said, for, to sign one of the cards. And Whitey Ford said, well, don't you think that's ex- too expensive? He says, oh, no, it's just... Uh, People want to send me a card, and I want to sign it for a hundred bucks. I'll take it because I got to exchange this, 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 this. So he looked at me and he says, "Jenkins, what do you charge?" And I says, "Ah, oh, geez, I really haven't been charging a whole lot. Maybe ten, fifteen dollars for a card." He's all, "Young man, you're a Hall of Famer. You got to start charging more than that." What that? <laughs> that's <laughs> and that's how the conversation started. So to sign a card now. Uh, it could be a rookie, or it could be a, a different card, different organization. I charge forty dollars, and I put the Hall of Fame signature on it. If they yeah. want an additional inscription, it's an extra fifteen dollars. But other than that, I basically get cards. That's about it. Or I might get an index card, and they just want a signature on it. Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, you're a Hall of Famer. That's like the top one percent of the one percent of the one percent. You know. <laughs> Yeah, right. The people have played the game. You're right. But it's, it's it's an interesting situation where when you look at what happened through uh, 20 years of playing baseball, you know, it's I mean, it's remarkable. I signed right out of high school. I was 18 years old, and I retired. I was 40. And when you look look back now, it it goes by extremely quick, hmm. extremely quick. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I, I personally, like, I have a number of your cards, including your rookie. Of course, that's in my collection. But just to flip right. over a card later in your career, just I'm a stats guy to see, you know, 20 win season after 20 wins, you know, six in a row. I mean, the 20 win seasons, I mean, that's absolutely remarkable. And like you said, with the rate of speed, you did it. You know, you weren't, you know, you weren't getting paid by the hour. You were getting the, <laughs> you were getting the games <laughs> over with, right? <laughs> yeah. And then the contracts back then, uh, I, I tell people all the time, you know, my rookie season, I made $6,000. Wow. That was it. Wow. And, I mean, you win 20 games now, that's worth a million-dollar contract. Oh, know? yeah, more than that, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. You've had an attorney or an agent. I didn't get an agent until my fourth year of winning 20 games. Wow. And Mr. Wrigley didn't want to talk to – I had a couple of lawyers that I hired uh, that were negotiators that did a lot of hockey contracts with the Blues and, and also the Montreal Canadiens. And Mr. Wrigley didn't like to talk to agents. And it took – Two or three meetings before we end up coming to a settlement of what contract I wanted. I think it was 1970, and then I ended up winning the Cy Young 71, 72, 73, and it was just it was really remarkable uh, that uh, that uh, Mr. Wrigley he didn't want to talk, and, and to this day I don't think Ernie Banks ever had an agent. Wow. I don't know about wow. Ron Santo, some of the other whole older older players. 
that ball club. But uh, I was one of the first to have an agent. That's and Mr. Wrigley, he frowned at that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, right? <laughs> yeah. I yeah, bet. John Holland, John Holland, who was the general manager, would send out contracts. And if you didn't like your raise, you just put a notation in there and send it back. And this is like my third or fourth year. I won 20 games. He wanted to give me an $8,000 raise. Oh. I went, no, I'm not taking that. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, talk about the difference between then and today. Holy heck. Yeah, that's oh, wild. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. your list of accomplishments, like we said, Hall of Fame in 1991, which we're coming up on the 30th anniversary. We'll get to that in a second. You know, multiple time All Star, NL Cy Young in 71. You're the first Canadian Cy Young and Hall of Famer. 284 wins, actually the most by an African American pitcher in the history of baseball. I mean, the list of accomplishments is almost endless. Do you have like an office, a man cave, an area where you have any any memorabilia awards or things like that displayed? Uh, I, I did have quite a few in my house I had in Arizona. I've got a couple of things hanging. I got my Cy Young here up and also my Hall of Fame plaque awesome. from Cooperstown and also a Hall of Fame, uh, another plaque that the Texas Rangers uh, awarded me. Wow, awesome, awesome stuff. Speaking of the Hall of Fame induction, like we said, we're coming up on the anniversary, the 30-year anniversary here in this coming July, I guess it would be. Um, now that we're, we're looking 30 years beyond that, what, what are the moments that, that stand out to you from, from that day? Are there specific moments, interactions, things of that nature that still kind of spark and you know, maybe even give goosebumps to this day? Oh, yeah, I have a short story. Yeah. Okay, uh, I, I got inducted with Gaylord Perry and Rod Carew. Wow. <laughs> and we are both uh, staying at, all three of us are at the Wodasaga Hotel with our families. Okay, at 12.10, we have to all meet in a small room at the end of the hallway at the Wodasaga Hotel uh, before we have to catch the bus to go to uh, the, uh, the, the, basically it's a parade uh, area. Uh, where the induction ceremony is going to be held. Okay, Willie Mays is there, Stan <laughs> Usual, Yogi. I mean, I, you name it, Duke Snyder. Amazing. And who walks in but Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams. Oh, my goodness. They're going to honor them because of their accomplishments. I was like a little kid. <laughs> I'm in my 40s. I had to get a baseball, and I ended up having – both individuals signed my ball, and I have that ball in my museum in Canada. Oh, that's awesome. But I was like a little kid. Heck, I yeah. met Ted Williams earlier uh, at a show. Uh, I worked for Sears, and so did he. he worked for Sears and Robot. Uh, I met DiMaggio at a show one time. But I never personally ever asked for an autograph. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to inconvenience him. But I was like a little kid <laughs> in Cooperstown. I wanted to get an autograph with both those individuals, and I have both of them on a baseball. That's absolutely amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing stuff. So speaking of, of baseball cards, I know you were into other sports than baseball as a kid. Did you, did you collect baseball cards or other sports cards growing up? I collected hockey cards. Yeah. I was a hockey player as a youngster, and uh, I think it's uh, Opeachy yeah. that does uh, hockey cards. And I was into hockey with, like I said, Doug Harvey was kind of an individual I watched with the Montreal Canadiens. I had Gordie Howe, Ted Lindsay, Bobby Hull, Bathgate, you name the guys that were really, really good. Uh, Jacques Plante, or, uh, geez, uh, trying to take Terry Sawchuk, 
Bill Porsley. All these guys were really, 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 because they only had six teams back then, yeah. the big six. <laughs> so I collected uh, hockey cards more than anything else. Awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah, so that, that was pretty cool. Uh, to hear stories of Fergie's relationship with fans, uh, just people he's literally become good friends with people that started out as fans they became good friends with i mean what a, what a cool experience like we talked about seeing his rookie card and knowing like the history of the guy he appeared on the card with bill sorrell he knows his whole story so it's kind of just kind of cool to hear and just his his appreciation for fans like we've said that before like a superstar a hall of famer to appreciate the fan base is a special thing it's amazing yeah fergie yeah what 62 yeah. phillies dealt him yeah. Right? 60, that, 60, yeah, 62. 62. Yeah. Yeah, big time with the Cubbies. I mean, yeah. he had quite the run. I mean, uh, he's, he's, six straight 20-win seasons. He's got to be darn close to 80. He's about, what, 78? Yeah, right around there, yeah. And it's cool because I reached out to him to do this. He's been super accommodating awesome. to me. Um, we've talked a bunch. Uh, he actually reached out to me to break a story for him. He did a, a, a kind of like a similar to the top 70, you know, project. He did a, a card that was a piece of art of, of him created by uh, Brittany Palmer, the artist. And I actually got one in the mail today. He sent me one autographed copy today, today, literally today. How exciting is that? Mail today. It felt so good, right? It was cool. A little tingle. I knew it was coming, yeah. but it was still super cool. So he's been, <laughs> he's been beyond cool. And like I said, I actually, he, he reached out to me and I broke that story, you know, for him. Uh, it was, it was the, the card was for a good cause and, yeah. and all that stuff, but just really cool. And I know we like to do our little segments after the fact. Yes. There is one PSA 10 of that 1966 Topps rookie card listed on eBay right now with an asking price of $29,999. $29,000? That's the asking price on Fergie. eBay. Fergie? Yep. For a PSA 10. 1966 Topps. <laughs> A PSA nine in August sold for thirteen hundred. So that's the difference between a nine and ten. Sometimes the gap is like, wow, off the charts. Wow. Yeah. So like I said, that artwork, uh, the card is out now. That's available. Uh, Fergie and uh, retired Major League Baseball veteran Jermaine Die uh, each had a card turned into uh, wow. A tops, like I said, top seventy style project. Two hundred cards of each out there, autographed copies. So fun stuff. Like I said, it's just cool to have. Fergie reach out and make me a small part of this news. So yeah. Well, thanks cool Fergie. Guy. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Absolutely. So yeah. who's next then? I don't know. That's episode 17. 18's next. <laughs> 18. We don't know yet. Oh, we know. People are still talking former, about Dykstra. Yeah. The, the Robo QB, former UFC, USC rock star, Todd Marinovich up next. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay tuned for that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Until next time, America.